Boom! Oh, there it is. Are we podcasters? We are but men. Fuck! Shut, Shut up, up and sit down. down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. These guys need a tenor. Yes, yes. I can't sing tenor, but I did play tenor saxophone for a month. So that's all right. Because we were just referencing I, I, the greatest song in the world, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. you know, the, my mother always said, "Don't leave empty or never show up empty-handed." But it's COVID, uh, COVID times, and I can't actually hand you anything because you know we're over the internet. So I just thought I'd bring my bring my uh, my dulcet tones. Hey, oh, that works, cool. man. That works. Totally works. Now, now it's time to bring the fire. Boom. Boom. All right. All you business pros out there, before we jump to the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in the podcast rankings. We will sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz slash guest to schedule your time slot. And don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, those who have not made up their minds, we are so excited and so honored to bring yet another incredible guest on the Business Bros Pod. Our guest today has intelligence to spare with triple degrees in philosophy, political science, and law. <laughs> Defying conventional wisdom, our guest put his trifold education into one package and has created a remarkable digital marketing agency. Drawing from his experience in developing political and legislative campaigns, our guest's natural inclination for creating a buzz has been the cornerstone of his 10-year career. He now manages digital marketing, social media, SEO, and pay-per-click lead generation for brands across industries, knowing all the while that the best digital campaigns are rooted in big ideas. If you are looking for getting help with your digital marketing, don't miss a word of what today's awesome guest has to say. Joining us today out of South Carolina from Advertoscope, the digital marketing master, Roy Harmon. You killed that intro. Oh, thank you. You killed it. That was that was amazing thank you, thank you. i felt i felt like uh i feel, felt like heath ledger's character in a knight's tale yes uh, yes. yeah you know you're like the the paul bettany guy yep yep i love that i love that uh, i don't know if you're watching uh wandavision at all but yes. uh he came out and did the magic show and like started introducing himself yeah. and i was like oh oh i know that guy <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what i went back to it's a knight's tale yeah so good, so good. Oh man! All right, let's get this show on the road. I tell we're all a bunch of nerds because you guys are all watching WandaVision, right? I mean, we got three episodes that have I mean, come where, in. where are you at, bro? Right, I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm right there with you. I watched the <laughs> <laughs> can't complain. Roy, uh, you know, we have this habit of not really talking politics when we're on the show, even though things kind of come up. James and I have gotten into some heated debates on uh, topics, but that's your forte, right? That's that's what you do. Well, it's where I it's where I started, but um, you know, after so I went to law school and I thought I wanted to to be a politician. Um that or work for a big organization and I ended up making my way in that direction and uh kind of found that I really enjoyed the marketing side of politics more than the politics and over the last five or six years I've been couldn't have been happier to be out of politics there's never been a worse time (laughs) to be in politics but well, let's let's hover on that space there for a little bit because when it really when you really dig deep, whether you agree on the blue side, red side, green side, doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. Uh, to get that message out, to be able to have people follow you, and to be that invested in whatever it is that your side is on, there's a lot that goes into that when you're building campaigns and building mm-hmm. and building uh, marketing strategies for these politicians. Can you kind of weigh in on that and how it compares to like the business side? Yeah, well, so the the most important thing is to remember that no marketing is really that different than any other marketing. The same principles all apply. It's about finding the right people and reaching them with the right message at the right time. So all of that's the same. The, The biggest difference really is that people tend to get much more uh, you know, just when, when it's political, it feels much more like the world is going to end if you don't, if your marketing campaign doesn't lead to the results that you want. And I think that sometimes that leads to people to go a little bit, um, more, uh, there, maybe they embellish things a little bit more than they do on the, uh, the non-political side, but maybe, Maybe that's not true. Maybe it just depends on on who you are, but it's worse. It's so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and that was one of the things that really frustrated me about it because I mean, you just you're trying to put together some stuff and then you've got people uh who are on the other side, you've got people who are on your side and it's like everybody with a Twitter account is their own uh their their own press corps they're not nobody's people aren't trying to really figure things out and talk they're just trying to promote whatever their agenda is it's like everybody's a little pr person for their for their party of choice but that said the on the marketing side you you do when it comes to grassroots where you're i mean retail politics you're when i ran for office i was knocking on doors meeting people you learn about the importance of just things as small as your appearance. I walked up to a lady's door. I was running in a very rural area of South Carolina and I was still in law school at the time. And I walked up to this lady's door and she said, what do you want? And I said, I'm, well, I'm running for, for state house. And she said, you look like a little boy. (laughs) and and i did at the time i was i guess 23 or my early 20s and i looked very very young i like to think that i've kept some of that youthful charm um all these years later but 
you know, I mean, people really, they pay attention to even the tiniest details make a big difference. Well, I mean, so when you, you're talking about your appearance and things being scripted and people having their own PR, I was listening to a, a podcast the other day and they were talking about how they had an experience working for morning radio shows. And over mm -hmm. here in San Diego, we had the morning radio shows that would do these, these, uh, I guess skits, I guess, essentially, where uh, it was called War of the Roses, right? So they would call somebody up and they'd say, hey, you just won a bouquet of roses. Where would you like us to deliver them? And of course, the catch is always like, well, they're going to deliver them to someone other than their spouse, right? The spouse is the one saying, hey, I think my husband's cheating. You should call and, and offer these uh, these flowers. Uh, and so it was, it's a been, it was a big hit here. There's a lot of people who would listen yeah. to that because everybody loves the drama, right? Everybody right. loves that story. And I'm listening to the podcast and he's basically saying, he's like, I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but my job was to create storylines and scenarios that would play out. And then we would get hackers to come in and play out those yeah. scenarios. You know what I mean? And it's almost like on the one hand, we want that drama. We want to hear it. We want yeah. the stuff to, to, you know, to kind of play out. But in reality, a lot of it's created. And when you were talking about, you know, some of these political uh, campaigns that are going out there, I wonder how much of it is, nitpicked and segmented and put into a certain context to grab the attention of the story that they're looking for. Can you kind of shed some light on that? Well, yeah, I mean, that that's what really anybody, whether you're a political person or, or somebody else, this may change as cookies go away and, and there's more and more privacy laws enacted, but right now they, people can know a lot about you. They can know a lot about, uh, and then what they can generate their own first party data. So they already know where they're starting with even just even a local politician. When I ran, I was able to get a ton of data on voters, whether they were Republican and how many primaries they had voted in and all that. And then as you, the more money you have, the more ability you have to then also say, I want to target mothers. I want to target expectant parents. I want to target uh, all sorts of people. Uh, the struggle for going forward, in addition to some of those privacy things, is also that Facebook and, and social media in general, uh, they're really starting to get uncomfortable with, with political advertising. Mm. And so that makes it difficult too. It, not, so not only is it a very polarizing uh, stressful time to be in politics, but when it comes to the marketing side, it's getting very difficult. It's, uh, you know, it's hard to find people who can create good content. It's hard to find people who, uh, who are able to really find new channels as other channels, uh, are no longer available. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a difficult time to, to be doing political marketing or anything political. So Sayonara politics. So you moved on. You decided <laughs> you decided politics and marketing in the politics space wasn't really a thing for me. And you decided to go into more of the commercial market. Uh, when mm -hmm. did that happen? And, you know, lately, as of 2020, when COVID hit, things have really changed all of a sudden. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about what it was like changing into that commercial space. And then uh, how did COVID affect your business? Yeah, so I moved into, I started out doing automotive advertising uh, about six or seven years ago, 
and that was a really great experience i wanted to get more into ppc and they threw me in and i had over 30 accounts within the first couple of months that i was there so i definitely they threw me in the deep end and i learned a lot and i enjoyed that um then moved into more of the software area working for software companies and, and various startups and that um took me up until last year and then coronavirus uh happened the pandemic uh wiped out the agency i was at it wiped out half of their business and i was out on the streets i was let go and that was you know i mean at first of all it feels terrible i didn't really i don't think of myself as somebody who's very emotional or or that really takes things hard but it really it's a real bummer to have <laughs> to have somebody tell you we have to let some people go and you're one of the people who we feel like maybe we don't want to do without you but if we have to do without somebody you're going to be one of them uh but fine by me <laughs> 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 yeah that was exactly that was what i said yeah that's um, what you told them all right right yeah <laughs> it was so they were really they were very nice and um told me they'd give me great references and everything and i thought i was gonna get another full-time job but i had already i had been doing things with advertiscope i had been writing uh basically doing inbound marketing without really caring if it about getting business but it just started to come in and so since i'd been generating leads that way anyway when uh, at the time i said well i'll just sort of fill in the gap with some of this um taking some projects here but over the course of uh four to six weeks i had more clients than um i mean i had enough clients where i didn't need to go back to find a full full-time job and in fact i was making too much money to where now i I mean, I can't go back and find a full-time job. Uh, it just wouldn't make financial sense anymore. I'm doing better, um, better than I've ever done. So, this was something I had planned on doing in a couple of years, and it turned out I was I was forced into it. And sometimes, I think for some people that maybe is maybe any for anybody, but for me, I do really feel like I kind of thrive when my back's against the wall. It helps me to really just pull out all the stops i for some reason anxiety doesn't make me um it doesn't really it, it just it kind of focuses me for some reason i was always one of those people in college and law school who would you know wait until the last minute to do anything because that was when all of a sudden i was like okay i've got the i've got the focus now to get it done i'm your huckleberry Oh man, we're both thinking the same thing at the same time, man. That's so funny. So, uh, just so you know, we have this whole thing of video bit. clips. <laughs> yeah, we have this whole thing of video clips, right? And James and I have spent like uh, pretty much our entire life watching movies and reciting movies all the time. So, was that Tombstone? <laughs> that was Tombstone. Yeah, but it, it was just funny because I hit a clip at the same time he hit a clip because we're both thinking the same thing. Like you, you just led into a perfect, a perfect movie. Clip. <laughs> we both kind of think the same way. It's so it's hilarious. Well, okay, so so you you let you left you started building business um kind of by accident, but kind of in a successful way. Uh 
there are a lot of people out there who are starting their business right now and they're realizing real quick that acquiring customers is difficult. It's not the easiest thing in the world. Real estate agents go through this all the time. They get the real estate license. They think the world is going to come to them and everybody's going to be their client. Uh, agents, same thing. Anybody who goes out and, and decides that, hey, I'm planting my flag on the ground. I'm going to be a professional or whatever they decide to do. And then they realize real quick, oh shit, like I actually have to go and attract clients. That is not the easiest mm -hmm. thing to do. Yet you're doing it using um, paid advertising. So, so what can you give as far as an, a, any advice to the, some of those entrepreneurs who are getting started and just kind of don't know where to go? I can't go knock on a door. I can't go shake hands anymore. How do I acquire customers? This would probably look different depending on what industry you're on or what industry you're in and how you interact on social media. But for me, what helped a lot was I, so I had just been let go and I decided that even though I'm usually a fairly, I don't I'm not one of those people who puts a lot of stuff on social media. I'm not like, Hey, you know, I just had a pizza, you know, I'm You're not the opposite I'm of not, me. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not letting people know really what's going on in my life. But when that, when that happened, I got on there and I wrote, um, I wrote a long, post and it really it did very well and and got shared a lot and people who I'd worked with started sharing it so i at first i got a lot of referral uh clients and then other people started to see that post and i also think it really helped that it was during during covid and people were i feel like people especially at the beginning were very sympathetic about that um so there was that there was also just being very comfortable with reaching out to people and at the beginning my job was just finding people who would wanted me to do something and so i got on we work remotely i got on angel list and i just i i took i'm a big i, I mean I don't, I don't think i'm alone in this but i'm a big uh, proponent of of numbers when you're when you're trying to get people to to hire you whether it's on your resume to get a full-time job or whether it's you know in a cover letter or whatever so i had had some success already at that point there was a uh the software company i had worked at had uh we had had a lot of good numbers including taking the company from uh 1 million arr to over 4 million arr in a year and so I just kind of threw some of that in there and people usually tell you to, you know, if you're going to do something like cold email, you need to really take the time to get to know the person and be really personal. And I, I do think that that can be good, but at the, in fact, I think that's probably the best way to do it. But at the time I did more of the, the numbers game approach, um, and just really tried to, to get a lot of, um, inquiries out there so if you're telling me there's a chance ask a lot of women out on a date eventually That's you're right. gonna get one to say yes it's right true. ask them all ask as many as you can really that's that's what that's what you're doing with
you're starting in the marketing space or when you're starting off in the sales space, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're talking about a numbers game, that's really what you're saying is I need to ask, mm -hmm. I need to make as many offers as I possibly can because something's going to buy it. I'm going to have as many yeah. lines in the water. It's the only way that you're going to catch a fish. Uh, and, and a lot of what you did in your past running for office is not easy. You did a lot of door knocks. Mm -hmm. You had a lot of door slam movies. You had a lot of people tell you no or you do. worse. You get you get the thick skin and you get the uh you get used to talking to people. And to me, I think Mark Cuban or somebody said every no just gets you closer to your next yes. And that's how I looked at it. Just get out there and when I when people started to say yes, all of a sudden then you're in a position of you don't, even though, I mean, nobody knows how much business you have or don't have, but when you don't have any, you feel like, first of all, you're more desperate and you feel like you take less for, for what you would do. And then second, you don't feel super confident just in general. And I, that can affect you and affect your approach. But once you start having some success, all of a sudden you feel really good. I mean, now when I go out and and reach out to somebody. I feel like I'm doing them a, a, a favor. I mean, it's a win-win situation. They'd be helping me out too, but I don't, you know, you get to the point where once you have enough success and you've generated results for enough people, all of a sudden it's like, okay, I mean, they would be helping me out by paying me, but I'd be helping them out too by generating the results that they're looking for. So let's talk about those results. Um, let, let's uh, let the audience know exactly what services are you offering and, and what kind of results have you been getting? So really what I focus on overall is just inbound marketing in general. And then that can be more, you know, it's kind of tailored to whoever I'm working with. So for instance, I, I, I work with a lot of category creators uh, SaaS companies where it's a, they're doing something that nobody even would think to Google yet. And so in that case, I, I had one client that ha they've created a very, uh, basically there's a, a process that people who run managed service, uh, it companies, like they're, um, you know, going out and installing Cisco products and things like that. They, right now are using uh, Excel and Word to do very complicated uh, procedures. And nobody has really found a way to automate that, when, even though it's very repetitive. So this company figured that out, but nobody's Googling a, a replacement to that. And in fact, there's not even a close uh, stand-in to be able to use for advertising. So uh, there we really, we focused on doing display advertising. And to be able to see the the graph where, you know, one day they're getting 100 visitors and then the next thing you know, they're getting 6,000 visitors a month. And then, and all of those visitors are people who are, um, you know, we're targeting them through third-party data and using uh, programmatic advertising to bring them in. So they actually, they're the very people that they want to reach. That's huge for for people who are, in those companies where they've just gotten, they've just finished a round of funding funding and they're trying to get their name out there and get uh, kind of reach that hockey stick growth. It's just so much more. Um, you have to be so much more aggressive when you, when you take funding uh, today, junior. 
We want it now. We want it now. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And the um, and then the other thing is just working with companies to help them develop their strategy to focus on the end-to-end -end sales cycle. So a lot of people think in terms of just let's generate leads at the bottom of the funnel, which is great. Um, but at some point, uh, there, well, there's two issues. First of all, sometimes there is no bottom of, there's no, sometimes there is no buyer intent if you're a category creator and there's not anything similar out there that people are searching for to buy. And then also there's people who you kind of, sometimes you run out of volume. Um, even for car dealers in fairly big cities, I've run, um, Google search campaigns where they just run out of volume. I mean, they're the back when you could see, um, get more data on impression share. I mean, they would be like all, they would be showing up all the time and even at the top. And at some point you have to figure out where else do I spend my money to continue to scale. And at that point, it's great to go further up the funnel, uh, because you'll also usually see the cost goes down. And as long as you have the automation in place to do good lead nurturing, uh, you'll typically find that, that all your metrics go up when you do that. Right. It is all in the follow-up. That's hundred percent sure. So yeah. when, when, uh, when you first started and you were, you mentioned how you were getting ready to pretty much take on any client, you didn't really quite value yourself where you, where you were worth. Um, how did you fine tune who you ended up working with? Cause now it sounds like, you know, exactly the kind of clientele you mm -hmm. want to go after the referrals come in and they're very similar types of clients, but did you have to go through a process where you got to know who your customer avatar was or did you immediately start off in that space? So I knew what I wanted to do. I've always enjoyed working in uh, with SaaS companies and I've I had already done a fair amount of that um, on the side and in a consulting capacity. So I knew I wanted to do that. But at the beginning, I was reaching out to everybody. If they had a lawn care company landscaping, if they had, uh, you know, whatever. I just, I was not, I was taking on all comers. But um, then I was able to, I, I did get some work with some some software companies and decided that was really that was what I enjoy doing. And once you have, you know, once you're not just barely getting by, it's pretty easy to say, well, I'm going to wait and, and get some uh, make sure I'm finding people who I really want to work with. Now that you got your clients kind of niched out, now that you know where you're where you're going, um, where you where are you at today, and what do you have planned for the future? Are you comfortable where you're at, and you're kind of going to sustain that, or do you plan on growing your agency into something a little bit bigger, better, tougher, larger, or you know sticking to it? Yeah, so I would, I'd really, I'd love to grow. I I enjoy, you know, working with teams, managing teams. So I do think that it would be that that would be great. Now, of course, right now I end, I end up managing teams for a lot of my clients, so that kind of scratches that itch. But at the same time, um, you know, I keep growing, and I don't, I'm not comfortable with the idea of not continuing to grow. Um, there was uh, one time earlier, you know, after I had been in business for about four months when things sort of slowed down and I hadn't been keeping my pipeline full. And so it was kind of like, oh man, what am I going to do? This is going to be 
um, you know, we're kind of going to feel a pinch here because, you know, I mean, once you're making more money, you kind of get used to making more money and you're like, you know, let's, uh, <laughs> let's paint the house. Let's do this. Let's do that. And, um, so since then I've just, I've, my, the sales machine has been always on and I would rather continue to grow and have it be that if somebody, I mean, well, this sounds terrible, but if somebody takes a hit, I would rather it be somebody who was working for me than for me, <laughs> for it to be me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth of it. That's the truth of it. I mean, here, here's the bottom line as an employer, right? Once you, once you have your systems in place, once you have your business going, if you take the hit, a lot of people tumble with you. It's not like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, you know, when you got let go, when we first started our story here, it sucked. And it sucks for you. But if you're if you took the same hit today, it's gonna suck mm -hmm. for you and for other people that are involved yeah. in that process. And so, you know, it does it does weigh heavy uh, a little more on your shoulders. Yeah, it, it would suck to have to let some people go here and there, but the machine has to continue mm -hmm. going forward, right? It's a it's a little bit of a yeah. of a different ballgame. Uh, what, what do you, um, what do you recommend for, for some of these smaller guys that are getting started as far as content creation? I'll tell you what we do here in a second, but you know, as far as, as, as building something so that they have some sort of presence so that they can exist online, mm -hmm. they're, they're probably competing with tons of other people in their categories. They're not, you know, starting off a new category, any, uh, helpful hints. Yeah. So the, what I did when I started out was I, decided what I wanted to focus on. And at the time with Advertiscope, the focus uh, is mainly lead generation and digital advertising. And so I built out a, a content roadmap of what are the topics that are going to be a reach for me to rank for maybe ever things like lead generation, you know, that there, there's a lot of competition for that. And then within that, I, I thought about what does what problems and challenges do people uh, face on each at each stage of, of the buyer's journey? And how can I answer those questions for them? Because that way they'll find me wherever they're at in the buyer's journey. And I'll know where they are by using, you know, the tools that I use that, um, you know, things like HubSpot. And, and that way I have, then I have content for, wherever they may be in the process. And I can also kind of lead them through the process with the content. So you may, you know, like if you're, a, say you're a landscaping company, you may have, you may start out with just some basic content on going over maybe uh, a problem, the problem with having weeds, like what, what is the problem that, uh, what's the problem with that? What are the consequences? What are, uh, things that people can do. And then you kind of start getting in the middle of the funnel and talking about different solutions. And then once they've decided, like, you know, if they decide I'm going to do it myself, then, you know, they're not going to be a good customer for a landscaping company, but you still build up your credibility for, for the future. Um, or if they say they do know, you know, they're looking at how to choose a landscaping company. Well, then, you know, like this is somebody for me to reach out to. So those are the and I've, I've got uh, something on the, the website uh, where I where I go over how to how to map that content out. And I've got a template uh, that people can use. And 
that way you're able to to really to have a place to start and to know what where to where to go with it because sometimes the hardest thing about putting together a content strategy is like what what do I even write about you know and and you really have to be intentional in how you think about that um, and if you do that. I I mean, obviously, it's great if you can do keyword research and look for low competition keywords and things like that. But even if you're not able to do that, a great start is just to to figure out what are the problems and challenges people have and write about that. Um, And, and, you know, that'll get you a lot of the way there. Roy, man, what a story, dude. I mean, going from politics, going into your own thing and kind of developing that that niche down. I, I mean, you don't post very much on social media, but you got a story to tell. And ladies and gents, like, you know, the story, your story is powerful. It's what inspires the circle of friends that you have. I mean, Roy is on here. He says he didn't post very much, but when he finally did post something, his circle of influence saw it and shared it. And that's because you're you're doing something every single day. You're posting something on a regular basis. Uh, you're becoming visible. In Roy's case, he was shaking hands, right? He was shaking hands and yeah. letting people know what was going on. So, but it's still showing up every single day. So, ladies and gents, if you guys need help with your content, uh, like that's that's what we help you do. So we'll sit down and you don't know what to say, you don't know what to talk about. You want to sit down with somebody like me and we'll pull this content out of you, ask you the questions that you need to ask so we know what's relevant, what's going on, what you're doing in your business. And then we'll chop that up and break it up so that you have content for the entire month. Uh, and then you can contact somebody like like Roy and he can help you do some more stuff to take your content to the next level. But either way, if you want some a little bit of help, go to businessbros.biz, done for you. We'll get that stuff squared away for you. Roy, before we head out today, uh, can you do me a favor? Can you hop on here? If there's people that are kind of in that niche that are like, that's exactly who I'm looking for, can you let them know how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, so I've got um, a website, raindance.io, and then advertiscope.com, uh, and that's where I've, I write a lot about you know lead generation, digital advertising, content strategy, and then I'm on LinkedIn. Um, just at uh, Roy Dash Harmon, and uh, yeah, I'd love to to connect with anybody on there who who wants to talk about any of this stuff. I love uh, I love talking about it, and sometimes I post more uh, more than than other times. But I definitely love to engage with what other people share and and to see what's going on. So uh, that'd be great. Awesome. All right, ladies and gents, you heard it. Hit them up. Check it out. This is the best part about podcasting is you get to meet you new every single day and you never know. Like the, this is the beauty of dating going to live online. We're recording today, but I never know, right, Roy? I mean, it could be a year from now that somebody's something specific and they come across this interview and they're like, that guy's awesome. Plus he still looks young. I'm going to hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do it. All right. All right, ladies and gents, uh, have a great rest of your Tuesday afternoon. We'll see you again manana. Until then, have a great, uh, well, you know, I was going to go with another Tenacious D line, but rock. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network 
www.businessbros.biz.